0: You're now listening to the Talking Pictures Podcast, broadcasting from sunny Orange County, California. Filmmaker, journalist, and film historian, Paul Booth. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures with Paul Booth. And review talk is today, so I'll be joined by my co-host, Mrs. Kai Lovell. Today we will be reviewing Bastard's Road, which we discovered at the San Diego International Film Festival. A wonderful festival. Thank you to Susan Thank you to the festival itself. Thank you to all past PR reps who kept us involved in the train. Uh, Thank you for this wonderful festival that's continued to go on. Uh, So awesome. Started off with me attending an almost famous block party over the years. I've interviewed Tom Berenger, Jason Mitchell, and it's just been a great place. It's very near and dear to my heart. It was the second film festival I covered as a journalist. So we're always excited and rip-roaring to jump into taking care of them however we can. Uh, Today's film is going to be on the darker side, but also the joy. We're working to have the director and subject of the documentary on, but we have here Bastard's Road, and it's the story of Jonathan Hancock, United States Marine Corps, who walked 5,800 miles around the United States He's a veteran to use the solitude of the road um, and the company of his fellow Marine brothers and families of the fallen to successfully manage his wounds from war. This was a really, really tough film to watch. It is great. It is good. It is not all a downer. It is not all uh pissing and moaning uh, the way Not all, but some films are just flat out depressing, you turn them off. This is the, um, I gotta put it, the the duality. That there is good and the bad. Um, I related to this film all too well, I'll get into that. But um, as someone who's three generations of US Marines in the family, grandfather, uh, father and brother, two combat veterans, Um, I don't want to spoil this all in the intro. So uh, they did wonderful on the festival circuit so far. They played, uh, they were a winner at the Dead Center Film Festival. They were nominated for Best Documentary Feature at Greenwich International Film Festival. Uh, They played in Maryland, which is uh, where the... uh, Maryland, of course, by the Capitol, D.C., they played that International Film Festival where they won the Jury Prize. Uh, No, sorry, that's at the Naples Film Festival. Uh, Maryland, they were nominated for Best Documentary. Uh, Naples, I think I see that we have our co-hosts with us.
1: (laughs) Hello, my name is Kai.
0: Hello, Paul. I'd let the audience know the uh, what this is about and what uh, Jonathan did walking around the country. Um, this is, for me, this is such a relevant and significant film by director Brian Morrison. To me, this was a real testament of what... It's only... The only way to say it is Marines are just such fucking warriors. I mean... I'm sorry. There's no other way to put it. And people are warriors, but Marines just have that little extra. And I just love the idea of this guy walking across the country. Uh, cinematography was great. Editing was great. It never got preachy, other than if you kind of know what they were saying uh, without them saying it. So, hi. why don't you, since I've already said a few things, why don't you let me know what you thought about this uh wonderful film, Bastards Road, from the San Diego International Film Festival.
1: Thank you so much, Paul. Um, Yeah, I have to agree with you. Marines are badasses, like through and through. And it was just such an eye-opener for me as a civilian to see, like I have family members that have served in many different branches of the armed services. And, uh, you know, like, I guess because there's such a commitment to keeping like a up upper lip and just sort of moving forward, at least now as, um, like as a community, as a society, we have an understanding of what PTSD is, at least a better understanding of it. I don't think that we're doing all that we could to support people who are coming home with PTSD as well as we could. Um, but it was just really poignant and like voyeuristic almost to be able to see this journey for, um, for the whole company, really. Like every single one of, uh, these soldiers and their experiences was very emotional to watch. Um, you know, Jonathan Hancock, he starts out on this journey almost like, and I felt such a, a, uh, like so connected to him, like, uh, because he was so excited. He just couldn't wait. Like he had to just go. And I really appreciated that about how this journey begins, because that's the mindset that you have to have to, to really set forth on, uh, a truck of this nature. And, you know, like it was meant to be a way for him to find like therapy for himself to kind of work some of these feelings out and work through PTSD. As um, one of the things that I picked up from, from the documentary was that there's just such a high percentile of, um, like suicide rates increase. I don't know if I'm over exaggerating this, So please, Excuse me if I am, but I believe by about 50 percent for um, Marines or veterans returning home um, and suffering from PTSD, they have like a 50 percentile higher than the rest of the civilians to commit suicide. And I just think that dealing with that level of emotional and uh, psychological pain, I really appreciated watching his journey, like going through therapy with him ended up being so therapeutic for the families and friends that he ended up um, meeting up with and sharing with. And then you just get to hear their unedited, completely candid truth. And, um, you feel, I just felt so lucky to be able to hear it from their perspective because we owe everybody who's ever served for a, for us so many thanks. I mean, I feel like thanks is the least we could do. And, um, it ended up being like so cathartic for him. And I also appreciated that he was a flawed hero in the sense that sometimes stories like this, you know, you watch the person go on their journey and you just rooting, rooting, rooting. And then sometimes in this story, because he's 100% real and authentic, there are portions where you really are rooting for him to when he gets home, like, you know, just be able to have better things and more positive things happen and believe in himself that those things can happen. And I really think that that was gained
0: after this, um, bastard's road experience for him. Well, thank you for looking that looking that up. Yes. It does say here from the military times. So it's not fake news. Uh, (laughs) sorry. Um, by the way, all the opinions here are that of myself the team believes in my opinions, Kai's opinions are hers and she's on air. So none of them are of Jonathan, Brian, any military or any associated family group. We are not talking bad or disrespecting anyone anyway, but on Fox News, and thankfully that's on its way out, but 50% more often uh, than sailors and airmen marines commit suicide. Um, 58 suicides represent a 31 per 100,000 rate, followed by the army's 139 suicides in 2018. Um, wow. personal firearms were the number one method of death. Um, I know, I know it, t- I can't remember how much it touched on it cause I was crying the whole time, but I know a big thing is the medication will get into the VA and the medication but what I liked that Jonathan was doing was taking the time to stop and see friends that were still there, uh, visit families, visit the cemeteries. Um, one thing that I just absolutely loved about the film that was so well captured, and I also know about the Marines from having a Marine grandfather, uh, father and brother, not the one you know. Um is just that undying loyalty and Jonathan kinda of touched on it at the end of the film of where they're kind of um like uh you would automatically be like a sister to my brother that's a marine. Like there would be no thinking or what's Kai like. It would just be like you're a marine and my brother's a Marine and um, and I always really appreciated that. And I, always, I saw that growing up with my dad, and I never really caught where it came from. That he was always just a super loyal guy. So I really liked that he took the time to make sure and check in on his friends, um, even if it was just stopping and having a beer. Which you know, my best buddy, my brother is. There's nothing better to him than if you just have a beer with him. Um, that is a moving thing. So I liked that the simplicity. And my gosh, I mean let's think about it, Kai, like uh we're all human, but unless you had a specific reason, important reason, family, whatever, what if somebody was just like, Hey Kai, you know what? Walk to Waimea Canyon tomorrow? Or even me, like, you know, <laughs> walk from Belbo up here to Garden Grove. Like, think how crazy that would be. Like, what would be the first thing in yeah. our brain, Like, why? You know,
1: so I would like, be like, How do like I carry r- that much water and snack? <laughs> be trying to figure out well, what you'd be eating and
0: drinking well, the whole time. <laughs> You wouldn't need snacks because you'd be stopping at Winchell. Um but yeah, no, totally <laughs> like I was the the logistics, um, and that was something too that was kinda cool because I told my dad, I said, God, I don't know how he handled this bag and my dad said, What the hell's a bag? He's a Marine. He could do, do, do. and I was like I just love how that still lasts. So Jonathan, um, it was really cool uh, just to see that kind of like, I think something that I've been the most gung-ho about in that life, in this life, still wouldn't have been that like walking across the country. Like there still would have been like, I need a break. I need a down day. So um, how did you feel about like that just, did you have any moment of stepping back of just, uh, I mean, openly admitting, just kind of being like, well, I don't know if I've ever been that dedicated to something outside of like my children and family, like how, as a viewer, how did you examine that part of the movie? Um,
1: That's a really good question. Um, I, you know, I just felt his urgency. I felt his, um, and, you know, there's that saying that, like, you just get to a place where your pain is so, so unbearable that there has to be a change. And sometimes that change is a lot easier to make if it's made physically. Like, for some reason, we can just sort of start making emotional, spiritual, and psychological changes, ironically, with our bodies first. Like, just sort of move your feet and then your your mind will end up following you as well. And that was really what I was feeling from him. I was feeling more of just like, it was so urgent that he did this, that there was no um, there was no other way. Like he had exhausted all of his other options. Like he really had fallen into this place of such a deep... Um, I think he was like out of despair by the time he went on this journey to begin with. Like he'd been able to think about it long enough and know what he was going to be doing. Um, but it just gave, like, a certain level of adventure and um, unknowing back to him, which I think is very, probably very similar to going out on tours. I mean, like, I can't imagine just having to get used to, like, get my body biologically used to always being in a crisis. And I feel like that's what happens. To these men and women that go overseas and end up on these tours, tour after tour after tour in these countries that are dangerous all day long, every day, all day, all night. And so I just think that his um, energy was really reflected through the camera and through how um, everything was sort of paced and what he was doing. Like, I I just, it's so funny. It didn't even dawn on me. I was just like, yeah, get it get it get it the whole time like i yeah, wanted gets, him to uh, keep going uh-huh. and keep like um you know i really wanted him to reach his friends and and get to camp pendleton safely like i think the biggest concern i had as a viewer was just like dum-dums on the highway like Running into him, you know, like I, I just got a little worried about that kind of stuff. But I liked that when he first went on on this journey too. He was like, "Yeah, it's like raw, like it's just out there and <laughs> exposed. Like you don't have your bubble anymore. You know, you don't have that false sense of security, like hiding in your home." And um, he really exposed himself in more than one way. You know, like he really like exposed himself in every possible way.
0: Uh, I like that because it was something I was thinking about was, uh, the fear of being outside or camping, but then it quickly hit me. It was like, well, shit, if you're not afraid of camping with bombs going off, you're not going to be afraid of camping. <laughs> I, love, I mean, other than human psychology of bears or coyotes or, so that was, what was really cool to me. It was just like seeing someone who was just like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in the Arizona desert. And sure Rattle I'm sure he had stuff. I'm sure he had stuff on him. I mean, let's you know, we not get I mean, it doesn't it doesn't uh make it any less crazy, but um you can check out Bastards Road website. So you can go to www.bastardsroad.com. dot com and coming home from war is just the beginning. Totally agree with that. My brother got so over by the VA. We'll jump into that in a sec, but, um, 10 from film threats, uh, an emotional masterpiece says rocketminer.com and unseen films, which is a really cool, a lot of guests we've had have had, um, a re a re- a review from them along with our poll quote, which is so humbling. And I'm not saying that to brag, but it's just so awesome. I recognize these guys. Uh, for me, gosh, to sum this up in a quote, I would just say a really, it's so weird. I thought of it as a relevant heartbreak. Like you need to see it. It'll break your heart, but it'll also bring you joy. So, uh, that would be my take on it. Um, do you have a way that you would sum it up in a sentence or two Kai? I mean, we're still going to go on, but just as a,
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can sum it up in a sentence. I would just say, like, I, I don't know. I, I do want to add something to what you were talking about, just, like, yeah, not definitely. being scared of camping and, like, how he was just, like, exposed and out there. Like, I feel like veterans who have put their lives on the line so far away from home, when they finally return home and then feel sort of outside of their body, And, you know, separate from and different then, I think that it is so important to get back in touch with being grounded to the United States, you know, like, of course he can camp anywhere and do anything and drink water out of the creek and do whatever, like, he was so far away protecting all of that. Like, it's like you imagine these, especially like these men are so young when they go in, like... These young men are just out there with like the nation, like on their shoulders, all these families, all these farms, all these beautiful natural wonders and parks and the things that we get to enjoy, which are really part of freedom in and of itself, like the ability to go to public land and camp and fish and hunt and do these things. Like, I think it's so awesome and important that that was something that he did. You know, he wasn't like just going from hotel to hotel or, you know, like he was really just out there on the land that he protected. And I also thought that that was really, really um, awesome
0: to see. Uh, Oh, you know what? I kind of didn't pick up on that subversive nature of. Uh, covering up his, kind of his area. Like we watched that documentary, Public Trust, which was also at San Diego International Film Festival. Thank you to uh, Susan for setting that up for, also want to take this time to really thank Susan for also uh, setting this up so our co-host Kai could see this so we could bring a multiple uh, perspective to things. Um this is a time convention yeah, with you so much uh with Kai uh having just said that she uh did not serve, um and I did not serve, but having just the direct connection of having to go through my brother coming home, um hearing stories of my dad who still has issues fifty years after Vietnam. Uh and then also that we get to bring we're still figuring out the proper labels, but we still get to bring out how men, women, women, men, boys, girls, mammalian mammals, humans. figure out <laughs> humans, um, Hawaiian X and Ho- and Latin X, all that get to look at things <laughs> and um, and um, you know understand these things and talk about them, and that's what's kind of cool. And the reason why I mentioned it was because uh still to the degree um it's something that we're afforded to do that we can talk about it that we can go on the airwaves and have opinions and that was something that I really uh liked and really have a respect for Jonathan and of course um I just loved of course it was it was authentic um how did you feel like let's talk about some of the joy of the film like Uh, I don't say it's spoiling it because he says that he gets together with his brothers, but um, I just, I just loved that instant camaraderie and not like the way we all feel it or we all can just reconnect, but just that, that little extra, like they had oxygen again when they reconnected. Did you, did you feel that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just felt, um, such a, they're just so connected. I mean, you go and you train with people and then you actually go into these traumatic experiences and you share these traumatic experiences and come out of it on the other side. And, you know, the truth is that a lot of their other brothers didn't. And so it it is already like a completely unique experience that only a collection of people could ever truly understand from the inside out. And I think that that's what really bonds them together so much. That's kind of what I was feeling from them. And because the bond is just so real and natural, it like is beyond explanation. Like they just see each other and they like light up. And now their cells are like at ease because they're around each other, you know? Um, I think that it's just, we ask so much of veterans returning home. We want them to like, come home, be a hero, you know, now do some big, cool stuff after. And they're like, well, I just (laughs) like lived through something that was so intense. No one could even ever understand this. And I'm going to need a minute. Like I'm going to have to take a beat. And um, like you were saying earlier, like medication comes into play. Um, People start to either self-medicate with alcohol or, you know, hopefully not with drugs, but that happens too, and things can just get a little, a little warped. But I think when they see each other, it's like the only person who can tell you the truth is someone else who is there. So sometimes you need your besties to kind of pull you up and pull you out. And I think that that's what they all represent to each other. And um, they are. They definitely have like a familial bond. Um, and it's really special to witness.
0: Well, yes. And I liked the... Um having experienced seeing a veteran going through it in the moment. And here's where I'm going to knock the VA a little bit, even though the VA helps my father very much, so I can't knock them completely. Uh, But when they talked about, I don't want pills, I want food. Like, I can remember a veteran I knew, like, just being like, look, take all my food money, all my rent money. Like, I just want some bread and water. Like." I don't need morphine. And they just be like, here, here's 200 morphine. And it was just like, well, wait a minute. The morphine costs money. Oh, the bread's cheaper. Oh no, no, The morphine's cheaper. It's like how the bleep is morphine cheaper than a $1.89 loaf of bread? Like really? So that part is where I just kind of like had a really tough time. And I liked that the film has, you know, we've gotten so lucky with documentaries lately that have, really hit on stuff and not just kind of like made you choke on it. They've just kind of said here, um, from April to, even though it was fictional Deborah, um, we've been so lucky with, um, filmmakers lately, I think, um, I we've gotten to explore some tissue lovers, Kentucky, um, and, uh, all that stuff. Um, I know deep down, I wish we knew, uh, Billy Zabka as well as we know April. No offense (laughs) to April. And even like the donut king,
1: just like being able to talk about things that like, things like immigration and there's so many things like, and, and these veterans too are coming back from a very long war. Like history, as we get farther away from this period of time, history will look back upon this particular war. It's been long like this is yeah. a very long ongoing war and i think that a lot of us can agree we don't know what our boys are fighting for what our girls and boys what all of our troops what our soldiers are over there fighting for anymore other than oil
0: it's past vietnam i mean it is the longest war to my knowledge so um yeah that's that's the craziness of it and that's what uh, you know, we've had multiple guests on here for this. There's another film, please everyone check out side note, but I know they're fellow Marines. So, uh, Jonathan would not mind Nor Brian as the director, uh, Brian said he's not a Marine. Um, but November war on prime, our friend Garrett made that, uh, some Marine station out in Honolulu and they were one of the, or Kanye. And they were one of the first uh, guys into Fallujah and they made a wonderful film. We've had them on again, the November war. I'm pretty sure it's still on Prime. If, if it's for rent, rent it. But um, same thing, what veterans go through and a shit storm of a battle they had one day. So, um, but we're nearing our wrap up time. And I just wanted to say, uh, follow this film. If it won Santa Barbara, played Newport, played San Diego, it will be out. Uh, we will make sure we announce when it's coming out. And also, too, we are going to have Brian and Jonathan on. So uh, stay tuned so um, for that.
1: It. Oh, my yeah, God. I am I'm so too. excited. I'm totally I mean, because <laughs> they're what it's all about. You know, like, I think that I wish I could. I wish I could properly explain how much, how touching this film is to watch. You know, like I'm with you. I think anyone, you need to watch it because it is what's going on in our culture right now. And even if it's not something that's a part of your life, like if you don't have a veteran personally in your life, you should thank one the moment you see them because you're able to like go to target or like go to the store and drive around and live your life and have first world problems because these people Put themselves on the line and um, protect you and your freedom and uh, it's really selfless and it's really amazing and um, yeah we're
0: all in this together oh, no, for sure we will say thank you and aloha and kaya if you have any final words before i do my sign off feel free
1: but i'll just say that you know what, uh, what this film is about at the heart and the core of it is, um, like the therapeutic value of being able to connect with one another after you've been through so much. So I think that that's so important and such a positive message and, um, such a beautiful way to see that message played out. And I think that everyone can agree. You've, you know, we've all had a boss that we couldn't stand in the past. So like you were saying about Cheeto Head, like, I guess we still
0: have that crappy box. Anyone, <laughs> time to go. So with that, you know my motto. Actually it's Kai's motto too, but we'll just say my motto so we don't trip over saying we. You know my actually I guess I can say our motto. You know our motto, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever other time of crazy covid day you found. Make sure and watch some good movies not a movie good movies all right aloha thank you for listening to the talking pictures podcast real conversation and movie induced inspiration